The Dental Brief is brought to you by Omni Premier Marketing and the amazing guests who bring wisdom and advice that you can put to use to take your business and practices to the next level. Find us on Facebook and join the conversation. Get ready to grow because we are kicking off the next episode in three, two, one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another home version of the Dental Brief doing this last episode of the week from home. We'll be back in the studio tomorrow. So excited to have with us our guest today coming from Dallas, Texas. Ton of experience in the, the dental industry. Can't wait to uh, have him share with us. Eric Swarver, say hello to everyone. Hey, how you doing, Patrick? Good to see you. Good to see you. Hey, glad you're here. Did I get the name right? You did. I get yeah. that right? Awesome. Yep. Great. So, uh, Eric, why don't you kind of give us your background a little bit? Tell us how you got involved in dentistry. Yeah, so uh, I started out in dentistry in the year 2000, so 23 years ago. Uh, I'm currently employed at my second job since I graduated from college and uh, really just kind of came across this uh, industry pretty much by luck. Um, worked on the manufacturer side for seven years for a, a dental manufacturer uh, that manufactured goop and goo pins and posts. And then uh, just kind of through that time, developed a relationship with the owners of the company, Midwest Dental. And really, uh, that side of the industry really was uh, more attractive to me because you could just develop relationships with dentists. And uh, so sure. I made a decision about uh, 2007 or so to uh, come work at Midwest Dental. Yeah. So you've been there for, gosh, what's that, 16, 17 years, something like that now? I, I literally just celebrated my 16th anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations on that. Um, let's jump into what made you start uh, the website, the two hour dental startup.com. Right? It's with the number two. So the two hour dental startup.com. I want our guests to go check it out. What made you start this website? Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll kind of step back a little bit. So I started a seminar series called the two hour dental startup based on just uh, the interaction of just seeing dentists have the uh, not the right mindset when they're opening dental practices. And there was actually a definitive moment that uh, that caused it. I was meeting with a dentist at a, a coffee shop that's pretty well known, and he kept referring to his space being available, space being available in a couple of weeks, and he's going to need some equipment, which uh, in 2018, you really needed to order your equipment about six weeks prior. And he was saying he was going to have his space available in about three weeks. And so in my mind, he was already behind the eight ball. And I said, well, hey, where, where are you going in at? And he stood up from the table and pointed to a dirt lot across the street from the uh, coffee shop. And it was his premonition that there was going to be some construction done within a few weeks and he was going to have a building he could put equipment in within a few yeah. weeks. And I kind of knew at that point that, uh, you know, this industry definitely need help. Just kind of setting expectations through this process. Yeah. So currently right now, the expectations are usually set by the vendors that people are working with right during this process, whether it be real estate people, the banks, a lot of times I see banks doing it, it might be practice consultants, yeah. equipment manufacturers, um, such as you or one of the other uh, names out there. Um, but all of those things need to happen. All of those vendors and all of the timelines that they on have to really fit together perfectly in order for those expectations to come true. Right? No, I, I totally agree with that. And, uh, you know, part of that, Patrick, is just the sense that uh, there's so many different bodies that are in the, the process. Most of those dentists don't even know where to start. You know, right. they don't even know who to talk to first. Right. So what are, let's start, let's go through three of them. Let's start with the number one. In your years of experience in helping dentists with these, these problems, and I know sometimes you get a call from a dentist, I was working with someone else, and then they're calling you because they're panicked because somebody else dropped the ball or something went south on them. What's that, what's that scariest call, that biggest problem that you see? 
other dentists have that gets them into a lot of trouble? A lot of times it has to do with maybe they didn't select the right contractor that has uh, dental knowledge and they're not appropriately pulling permits. Uh, I've seen that quite a bit. And, uh, you know, maybe it's a second generation space that was already a dental office. And in, in their mind, they're just doing like, you know, maybe $120,000 worth of construction. And, you know, they have a brother-in-law that's a contractor, and you know, Hey, you know, we don't need to pull permits and, you know, we don't have access to a med gas plumber. Well, there's a reason why those things are in place and you do need a med gas plumber for vacuum lines, drive air lines, and of course, nitrous, you know, nitrogen and oxygen. And sure. The, those are the calls I hate. Yeah, I bet. So what's the, what's the next one? What's another, what's another big problem that you see that practices uh, run into um, on their journeys? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's interesting. So a lot of times, even before their journey starts, it's their headspace. Uh, you know, I've met with dentists where they're like, Hey, I quit my associateship a week ago. Um, I'm getting married in two weeks and we have a baby on the way and I'm doing a startup now. And it's like, man, that's, that's a pretty big jump off of a cliff to become an entrepreneur. And I get it, but you know, a lot of times they're tying their hands to, to, uh, you know, a pathway to, not, I don't want to say failure because the failure rate in dentistry is real low, but just a lot of stress. You know, there's a lot of money involved and a lot of decisions. And when you have that much money and that many, that much decisions going on, I mean, it just compounds and amplifies the stress. Sure. So shortly after doing a startup, right, they've gone through the whole process. They've dug out the hole. They've put the building on it. They've got the equipment on it. Um, they're, they flip on the lights and they're, they're ready for patients. What's another big area after that part of the process is done that you that you see a dental a dentist run into? Man, you're going to absolutely love this because it uh, definitely fits your wheelhouse marketing. You know, a lot of times uh, marketing is an afterthought. Dentists are very operational and clinically minded, and they know that they need marketing, which in their mind is a is an icon, is what you and I would call it, a logo wall in their dental practice, and a website. Right. And then they turn the lights on and, you know, they might be scratching their head going, where is everybody? You know, right. they, they hear something, you know, called SEO and they know what it means, but they haven't really decided to uh, invest in it. They they know that they need to utilize social media to attract more patients and create their brand and create a presence in their community. But, uh, yeah, I typically see I really do. I really see marketing as an afterthought uh, once they open it. And that that scares me. Yeah, 100%. We see it happen, um, right? When you see these budgets and you'll even see where in business plans that are submitted to banks that banks rubber stamp, there's no marketing budget, right? There may be $30,000 or $50,000 in an operational budget to cover uh, overhead for a period of time, but there's still no advertising and there's no source of new patients. So one thing that I recommend listeners do and and uh, is if you're an associate position right now, start while well, you're building that relationship with the patients that you are treating right now, ask them how they heard about that practice in the first place. Start to get an idea of how these patients are hearing about where they're seeing you now so that you can start to realize, all right, how am I going to find patients to see me uh, in my startup? Hey, so let's talk about the twohourdentalstartup.com. Um, Eric, tell it, what, what can users find there? What, what's going to happen when they go there? Yeah, so uh, pre-2020, we were doing a lot of seminars and uh, just really the concept was it was a two-hour dental seminar to teach dentists uh, how to get started. And so I would create an element and speak on specifically mindset. Cause I think a lot of times when I come across these um, potential entrepreneurs, you know, I think their expectations of what it means to own a practice, um, you know, we need to discuss that and talk about that. You know, there's, 
there are two, there's two types of profits we need to talk about. And that's a normal profit, which is what you would make if you're working for somebody else or an economic profit, which is building wealth, you know, acquiring assets and basically building your dream practice and developing into uh, making a significant amount of difference in your income versus what you would as if you're working for somebody else. And, and so that, that's really like a creative element of talking about that space. And then I typically have a lender come in. I've worked with a few in the past and they just talk about what it takes uh, to really get approved for through their financial institution. And then, of course, we have a CPA that comes in. We have a few great uh, partners in that. And then a real estate agent that just talks about demographics. And of course, it's a dental specific real estate broker uh, that I have a relationship with. And then, uh, you know, where I work, we have a lead designer that's an engineer that designs dental practices. His name's William Cruz. And he just talks about the design aspect, why you put a mechanical closet in the back of the office instead of the front. And, um, you know, then he talks about the construction process. And of course, you know, within the last three years, that process has changed significantly. Yeah. Makes a, makes a ton of sense to me, Eric, let me ask you this, uh, last question. I, I want our audience to check out the site. I think you're someone to reach out to appreciate the content that you're putting into the dental community and helping dentists, uh, before they ever get into trouble. Um, I think that's a great thing. Tell us in this process, you talked about banks, you talked about CPAs, you talked about real estate people. How do you go about finding, how do you vet and how do you find trustworthy experts um, that can help you navigate this process? What kind of a checklist would, would look like if you put one together for our listeners? Yeah, that's a great question, Patrick. And that's actually, so So based on the two-hour dental start during, uh, after 2020, I actually wrote a book called The Dental Startup. And uh, that's available as well. And you can click on my website, but um, I hit that pretty hard. It's I talk specifically about creating a board of trusted advisors. Because, you know, as you know, like every great relationship is built on trust. And if you start interviewing somebody through the process that you don't trust, then they don't need to be part of your board of trusted advisors. And there's people through the process that are going to make money on the dentist when they open the dental practice. And that's everything from the equipment company all the way down to the contract to the CPA. And, you know, I, I guess as an entrepreneur, it's funny to, you know, you want them to make money because the the chance of them calling you back if they're not making money on you is extremely low. So, right. um, you know, it, it's important to meet with, I always recommend having a consult with a CPA talking about what it takes to start up an entity. And typically a dental CPA is going to have a really good uh, network of people within the industry. But it's funny, most dentists are actually seeking real estate brokers now, specifically first. It used to be bankers, but now it's real estate brokers actually here in Texas. And, uh, you know, it's important to meet with uh, a real estate broker. And I guarantee that they will have a network of trusted advisors and, and you need to interview them. You know, I would love to say that, you know, I'm the perfect guy for everybody. I'm not, you know, the, the, the most important thing you need to do is interview people. And, you know, the first and foremost thing is, is as a dentist, they need to understand that you're building a relationship with them. Can you trust that person? And if you can trust right. that person and pass the trust test, then bring them in as, as part of your advisory group to the process. Yeah, that's great advice. Encourage our audience one more time. We'll make sure we post it on the website and social media, the two hour dental startup.com. Eric, thanks so much for being here. We, we appreciate your time. Yeah, Patrick, it was great chatting with you.